Nobody tells me to do anything. Did you ever think that the person who allegedly scammed you could end up in the halls of Congress? Oh, and that, that hurts more than anything, I think. Elizabeth Holmes, once compared to Steve Jobs, now found guilty of four counts of criminal fraud. She crafted a perfect persona, you know, her black turtleneck, the voice that she lowered, the red lipstick, the hair back. America is so obsessed with con artists because you get to see them climb the ladder of success and then you get to see how exactly they fall from grace. To the fake heiress sentenced here in New York City today. I feel like I've made um, a lot of mistakes. Hopefully people will believe that I've changed. I think it's real art. I would own an Anna Delvey original. It almost seems like this is just sort of a game to you. I mean, I cannot be responsible for what people say. Do you even have a soul in your body? How do you do this to people? you describe George Santos? He's a compulsive liar. Uh, compulsive isn't even the word. It's, I think he needs to lie more than he needs to breathe. For Navy veteran Richard Ostoff, honor and commitment mean something. They're the values he swore to. Did you ever think that the person who allegedly scammed you could end up in the halls of Congress. No, and that, that hurts more than anything, I think. I serve my country honorably. I raised my hand, I gave an oath. Everything about him is fake, phony, horrible, destructive, hurtful. He doesn't represent the values of our country. In 2016, he says George Santos promised to help him and his dying support dog. But Richard says it was all fake a con carried out by a man who's now an elected member of Congress. George Santos is just the latest example of a liar who has captivated the nation. From politics, to the business world, to society elites, the American landscape is littered with people who have made headlines for the lies they've told. Some of the all-time fraudsters would be Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know it's true. Uh The remaining member of the lip-syncing duo, Fab Morvan, now says they were victims of their own dreams of stardom. Anna Delvey, Elizabeth Holmes, people that really have captured us, you know, in the pop culture universe. There was James Fry, an author whose best-selling memoir, A Million Little Pieces, turned out to be largely made up. Fry even called out in a famous Oprah interview. So far, I wanted to start with, with the smoking gun report. Um, titled The Man Who Conned Oprah, and I want to know where they write. I think most of what they wrote was pretty accurate, absolutely. Fry promised to never misrepresent his work again. Rachel Dolezal, the local NAACP president who passed herself off as a black woman for years before being outed as white by her own parents. Dolezal defiant in interviews. Well, I definitely I'm not white. I, I, nothing about being white describes who I am. Dolajal now goes by the Nigerian name Nkechi Namore Diallo, 
and says she still considers herself black. There was also the 2017 Fire Festival. It was supposed to be a luxury live music event. The brainchild of con artist Billy McFarlane, who ultimately went to jail for wire fraud. Festival attendees, some of whom shelled out $12,000 to attend, ended up stranded, many staying in FEMA tents, eating plain cheese sandwiches. Sometimes these folks get away with it, for a while at least. But when they're caught, we watch with fascination. Their downfall becomes our entertainment. On late night comedy shows. No, you even lied about being Jewish. No, I said I was Jewish, which is honestly iconic. Okay. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. Or spun into award-winning television dramas. Here at Theranos, we are developing new technology, new technology. But what actually drives people to lie? And why is America so obsessed with people who do? Psychologist Maria Konnikova has been searching for that answer for years. She hasn't diagnosed these famous fakers personally, but says she's all too familiar with people like them. I think that fake it till you make it is one of those sayings that seems innocuous enough, but can also be remarkably dangerous when, when taken to an extreme. And con artists, they, they take that to the extreme. In the United States, it's more common because we're the, you know, the American dream, the land of the self-invented self individual, but it's very easy to twist that. America is so obsessed with con artists because you get to see them climb the ladder of success and then you get to see how exactly they fall from grace. Republican Representative George Santos ran on that very promise that anyone can succeed in our country. And as your congressman, I pledge to protect the American dream for all. A young gay Brazilian-American Republican, seen by some as what could be the future of the party. But questions about his own rise to the top began swirling before he was even sworn into office. Surrounded by scandal, one of the newest members of Congress arriving on Capitol Hill today, sitting alone in the House chamber. Congressman-elect George Santos spent most of his first day in Congress dodging questions about the many lies he has told about his own life story. It turned out his resume was littered with false claims. From the schools he said he attended, the prestigious Horace Mann High School, New York University. He said he was a top volleyball player at Baruch College. The kicker, he never even went to his work history, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, which he even testified to under oath. None of it true. He also falsely linked himself to various tragedies and identities. I've seen how socialism destroys people's lives because my grandparents survived the Holocaust. <laughs> I'm a Jew, trust me. <laughs> he later attempted to clarify to Fox News his connection to Judaism. My heritage is Jewish. I've always identified as Jewish. I was raised a practicing Catholic. I've always joked with friends and circles, even with in the campaign, I'd say, guys, I'm Jew-ish. He said his mom died from complications caused by 9-11 when she wasn't even in the U.S. at the time of the attacks. How do you hope your constituents can trust you, even though that you've misrepresented your biography to them? Will you step down? I will not. Of course, politicians have always stretched the truth. I welcome this kind of examination. because people Sometimes with devastating consequences. Well, I'm not a crook. I did not have 
sexual relations with that woman. Frankly, we did win this election. But even for a country used to those lies and misstatements, Santos's brazenness is still shocking. And he shouldn't be in Congress, and uh, they're going to go through the process and hopefully get him out. And uh, but he shouldn't be there. And, and uh, if he had any shame at all, he wouldn't be there. I think it's reprehensible that the senator would say such a thing to me in the demeaning way he said it. it wasn't very Mormon of him. He presented himself as a person that he was not. It's not uncommon for politicians to have one thing that they change about their resume or exaggerate a little bit. But for him, it's just thing after thing in a really uncommon way. His personal finances are also under federal investigation after questions were raised. In 2020, he had a salary of $55,000. But last year, he valued his assets between $2.6 million and $11.25 million. As his falsehoods have been exposed, Santos in interview after interview remains defiant. My question is, do you have no shame? I'm not a fraud. I'm not a fake. I, I, I didn't materialize from thin air. I worked damn hard to get where I got my entire life. His excuse? He felt he needed to lie to get elected. I would have never gotten the nomination from Nassau County GOP if I had not concluded college. That was really the main driver. So I, I made that bad decision. The irony of this whole story of Santos's political rise and fall is that if he had presented himself as a candidate who did come from nothing and sort of worked his way to the top, that's a pretty compelling story for any candidate. Why he didn't do that, I'm not sure. It's not just his constituents Congressman Santos has lied to. It's painful for me to be in front of cameras rehashing it all over again. I didn't want to go through this, but somebody had to say something. Richard says he never thought he'd fall victim to a con artist. He spent eight years in the Navy working on fighter planes. It was his dream job. I lived to put that uniform on in the morning and to go to work and work on my airplanes. That was all I wanted to do. When his struggles with depression began to affect his work, he was honorably discharged. He says the loss of purpose sent him spiraling, and there were moments when he was suicidal. Medication and psychologists only did so much. But a little red pit bull named Sapphire would change his life. She would know when I was going through a mood swing. She'd wake me up when I would have a nightmare. Whenever I'd start getting really manic she, or depressed, she, she would just be all over me. I couldn't ignore her. She went everywhere with me. I'd go, I'd have a shower. She'd be on the mat. Attached at the hip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she read my thoughts sometimes. Like, if she could speak, I think she would have finished some of my sentences. He fell on hard times and ended up homeless. To make matters worse, he noticed a mass growing rapidly on Sapphire's belly. A veterinarian had bad news. He wanted the money up front uh, for, for the surgery. He said $3,000 to do it. I, I, how am I going to come up with this money now, you know? A vet tech told him about a man who ran a charity called Friends of Pets United. She said, hey, look, I'll take your picture. I'll take Sapphire's picture. Um, and I'll talk to this guy, Anthony, that I know, uh, Anthony DeVolder, and he'll set up a GoFundMe. And hopefully within a couple of months, we'll have this $3,000 and we'll be able to get this surgery taken care of. Should be no problem. Did you ever meet Anthony Not DeVolder? Not face to face. Never met him face to face. No, I, How would you communicate? Mostly by text message. Um, I spoke to him on a phone one time and uh, he seems really, really, really flirtatious and overly nice. 
um, like a con man would. He says the online fundraiser was a success. But Richard says the money that could have saved Sapphire never came through. $3,000 was raised. 3000 was raised. Did you ever see a penny of that? Not at all. No, none. All I saw was heartbreak and uh, frustration. That was all he gave me. Richard says when he raised his concerns with DeVolder, DeVolder became defensive, saying in one message, I'm a well-known and public person. I have done rescues for many years and have a very reputable name for myself. DeVolder also claiming his organization, Friends of Pets United or FOPU, was holding yep. the money for Sapphire's surgery. I don't benefit from a dime. Matter of fact, I'm very well off myself and I put in 30% of my annual income to FOPU. We learned that the Friends of Pets United never filed any documents uh, to be a charity under the IRS rules. I only learned that in January. It was also January when Richard was watching the news and learned that Anthony's full name was actually George Anthony DeVolder Santos. You saw his face and you said, who was that? I got a, ch a chill down my spine and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Were you shocked? Yeah. And you know what? I think it was a feeling of relief more than anything because now I know who he is. Now I can finally get the police involved if it's not too late. Have you spoken to the FBI? I have. Are you worried about being prosecuted? I have no clue. I don't know what it's about. A source close to the GoFundMe situation confirmed to ABC News that it was George Santos who ran the account to help Sapphire. ABC News asked George Santos if he remembered Richard. I want to show you this video. We have a reporter from our team that asked him about you and asked him about this GoFundMe. And I just want you to watch this video. Do you remember the gentleman who claims that you took money? from? He the claimed he never met me. And I never met him. It's on the record. You never met him. And he never met me. That's what he said. I, I have no recollection of ever meeting him. For him to not be embarrassed by any of it, to be laughing and smiling and joking around like it's all just nothing, just being so nonchalant about it, it's disgusting. It's so strange and surreal. Who is George Santos? Nobody knows. Who is George Santos? Depends on who you ask. To some, he's allegedly been known as Katara Ravash, appearing to dress in drag. On Twitter, he denied performing as a drag queen, but when later questioned by reporters, he said, I was young and I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. And some of his ex-boyfriends actually paint a disturbing picture of Santos. Multiple men described to ABC News past relationships with Santos. Some allegedly occurred when they were still teenagers, Three men told ABC News those relationships turned toxic after a flood of lies that Santos told to try to manipulate and trap them. In another case, Leandro Bice, who says he dated the congressman back in 2013, told ABC News that Santos promised to marry him to help him secure citizenship. To Yasser Rebello, at first, Santos was a friend. He was his roommate a decade ago in Queens, New York, he lived with him and his mother. What was he like when you first met him? Well, he was actually fun. And um, at first, when he starts talking to you, he actually uses his whole body language that makes you feel like uh, believing anything that he was saying is actually true. What was he like as a roommate? He would just spend the days on his computer 
just browsing the web and he would lie to me that he was working as a reporter, that he was working as a freelancer, as a model, or uh, doing some other jobs that it's not the, the case. When was the first moment where you realized that he was not being honest? I told him that my cousin was studying at Baruch College. And then that's when he said, oh, I graduated from Baruch College. And now because I said Baruch College, he's mentioning Baruch College too. So that's when I started thinking that he was actually a pathological liar. Yasser eventually moved out. He says because the apartment became chaotic when additional roommates moved in. After he left New York, Yasser decided to block Santos on Facebook because of what he says was Santos's continued lying. Shortly after Yasser left, Santos faced multiple eviction notices in Queens, New York, after going months without paying rent, once in 2015 and again in 2017. Were you surprised that he decided to run for office? Yes. I know that he was not even into politics. He, he just was always into being famous. That's his goal, and he got it. Do you think that he's dangerous? Mm. Not really dangerous, but as long as he stays in Congress, who knows what kind of power he can acquire, you know, so and maybe uh, he can become dangerous in the future. That's why we were trying to stop him as soon as we can. After Santos was elected, Yasser started a WhatsApp group to connect others who say they want to expose Santos. I realized that no, nobody speaks to him anymore and probably because of the same reasons why I stopped talking to him because of the lies. Santos's stories were connecting people from all over and it turns out his reputation was international. A minha primeira impressão foi a melhor possível. Nós sempre nos demos muito bem, ele era uma pessoa alegre, ele tinha como não gostar. Adriana Parisi was also part of the WhatsApp group. She says her friendship with George Santos, or rather, Anthony DeValder, began when they met in Brazil about 15 years ago. She says she met him and his mother playing bingo. Nosso congressista no momento de relaxamento, George Santos. She says she was drawn to him, but there was also a dark side. Anthony era sonhador, muito sonhador. É, dentro dos sonhos dele existia sempre tudo com muito luxo, porque ele era uma pessoa que ele gostava de luxo, encantava, né? Porque mesmo quando você descobria que ele estava agindo de forma errada com você assim mesmo, ele conseguia reverter a coisa em favor próprio. Adriana says he stole from her and ruined her life. ABC News has not been able to verify any of these allegations. Adriana says she didn't report the losses to Brazilian police because she feared she wouldn't be taken seriously. Prosecutors in Brazil are reviving a 2008 criminal case alleging Santos forged checks, a case they had suspended because they couldn't find him until now. Santos declined ABC News's request for comment on Adriana and Yasser's accounts. 
One of the things that characterizes con artists is the so-called dark triad of traits, and that's psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellianism. Now, to be a con artist, you don't have to have all three. Narcissism, in the con artist sense, goes beyond that to a sense of deep entitlement. And what Machiavellianism means is that you are able to convince other people to do what you want them to do, but they think it's their own idea. For Anna Delvey, the con had real consequences. Now facing charges of grand larceny and theft, she could spend up to 15 years in prison if convicted. The fake heiress sentenced here in New York City today, Anna Sorokin in tears, learning she will spend up to 12 years in prison. I feel like I've made um, a lot of mistakes and all these bad choices when I was like in my early to mid-20s. And uh, hopefully people will afford me like a second chance or they will believe that I've changed. Anna Delvey, or actually Anna Sorokin, is asking for a second chance after passing herself off as a wealthy German heiress running in New York City's elite social circles and defrauding hotels, banks, restaurants, and private jet companies out of more than $200,000 to support her lavish lifestyle. To integrate high society New York, I mean, that requires a skill. That is a very tight sorority and fraternity of people. And somehow she was able to find herself inside of that community. And for a while, she did her job very, very well. At some point, even her friends had to pick up the bill. Rachel Williams followed Anna into her glamorous world and ended up in thousands of dollars of credit card debt. The whole bill is being charged to my cards. How much? $62,000. $62,000. She owed me more money than I made in a year. For years, Anna conned her way through New York City. She knows how to play the game. She learned Photoshop at Purple Magazine. She needs some bank statements. She Photoshops those. Are they the right bank statement? It didn't matter because they kept giving her a second and third and fourth and 100th chance because that's what privilege buys you in New York. But for Anna, it all came crashing to a halt in 2017. She was arrested and later charged with eight counts, including grand larceny and attempted grand larceny and theft of services. The judge uh, sentenced her to four to 12 years behind bars. She ended up serving about four years. Anna got out early for good behavior and returned to New York City, where she used her newfound freedom to build up her social persona. She sat down for her first TV interview with ABC's Deborah Roberts. This doesn't look like a woman who has been through prison and who has learned something from prison. You're casually, happily back on social media. I mean, this is just like my life, so I'm just trying to um, channel this attention into something good. But Anna, you have people following you on social media who say things like Queen and I'm so pleased for you. I mean, it almost seems like this is just sort of a game to you. <laughs> I mean, I cannot be responsible for what people say. She became a social media phenomenon, a tabloid sensation, and Netflix chronicled her life and lies in the hit series Inventing Anna. We really don't have time for this. What else are you lying about? Who the fuck are you? I do not have time for this. I do not 
have time for you. If you're someone like Anna, who probably kind of lived and in some ways still lives for that spotlight in particular, and people are gonna tune in and watch it. Then in March, 2021, she got picked up again, this time for overstaying her visa. ABC News spoke to her last May while she was still in ICE custody, fighting deportation and appealing her criminal conviction. I'm just dealing with consequences of my actions. And uh, since I cannot go back and change anything, I just choose not to think in those terms. I have so much going on. It's just like I'm working on my book, my podcast, my NFTs, my art show, my um, merch life. It was in custody that she started constructing her second act, from con artist to, well, artist. You have too fucking poor. I'm lucky for someone with money. And it took off. The fascination with her driving crowds of people to an exclusive art show, where her work was selling for thousands of dollars. We're about to get a special message. This is a collect call from yeah. an inmate at the Orange County Jail. Hi everyone, Anna Delby here. I'm so very excited to unveil my first ever art collection titled Allegedly. Anna even appeared on video to thank her adoring fans. Oh my god. Art. I would own an Anna Delvey original. I definitely think she's not going away anytime yeah. soon. I think we, we would be surprised. She was able to do what she did because she's smart. The American dream at the end of the day is to just make your own entire way. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're not hurting people, it's a win. So. Exactly. Con artists hold a fascination for us. And I think that that gets at the heart of what's fascinating about them. You know, they don't put a knife to your throat and say, give me your money. They smile at you and you give them your money, right? They don't even have to ask for it. You just offer it. And all those months later, Anna still fascinates, throwing parties and giving interviews in her East Village apartment where she's under house arrest, waiting to see how her immigration case plays out. It took me like getting out and um, looking at like the media and social media and the impact, impact that my story had on uh, the world to kind of realize why I should be sorry. And I, I definitely changed my perspective. Elizabeth Holmes may not have lied about her identity or about her name, but her image is a key part of her story. She crafted a perfect persona, you know, her black turtleneck, the, you know, I'm the new Steve Jobs, the voice that she lowered, the red lipstick, the hair back. I mean, she was perfect. That persona on display in this Maker's Minute video. Best word to describe you? Mission oriented. <laughs> Favorite place to visit? My office. <laughs> when she came to me, she didn't have a low voice. She didn't? Nope. Stanford professor Dr. Phyllis Gardner met Holmes in 2003. ABC's Rebecca Jarvis interviewed her for a 2020 special on Holmes. What was her voice like when she came like to you? It was just like a typical undergrad student. When I next saw her again was at the Harvard Medical School board meeting where she was being introduced. She says with this low voice, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> for Elizabeth Holmes, her journey started with ambition. What she was good at was crafting an image of herself as someone who could deliver, who could be this unicorn, who could, 
you know, revolutionized the way medicine was done. It was an idea that sparked it all. This in Holmes's own words at a TED Talk about her brainchild, Theranos. We've made it possible to run comprehensive laboratory tests from a tiny sample or a few drops of blood that could be taken from a finger. But her idea, it didn't pan out. Was a former billionaire and Theranos founder facing fraud charges. Elizabeth Holmes, who famously dropped out of college to revolutionize blood testing, once compared to Steve Jobs, now found guilty of four counts of criminal fraud. Her fall captivating the nation. There's been an ABC News podcast. No story comes close to the saga of Elizabeth Holmes. Multiple documentaries. Everyone worshipped the ground she walked on. She could do no wrong. She was the next Steve Jobs. And an award-winning scripted series based on that podcast, starring actress Amanda Seyfried. You know, when people talk about glass ceilings, I always say, next to every glass ceiling, there's an iron lady. The once celebrated entrepreneur is now due in federal prison in less than two months, where she'll spend the next 11 years. It was her lies to the public and to her investors that would eventually lead to her downfall. Elizabeth Holmes actually had people's lives in her hands, knew that she had fake data, knew that her technology didn't work, knew that people were putting their faith in a technology that was bogus and did it anyway. One of those people was Sherry Ackert. I first was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2013. I managed well through the treatments and I just kind of went back to life, kind of my new normal, I guess. Part of that new normal was periodic testing to make sure no cancer had returned. Sherry's doctor asked if she wanted to try a Theranos lab. All right. This is the Walgreens, where I had the infamous blood draw. And then she got the results. I will never forget that day. I saw that the estradiol amount was over 300. I also called my oncologist's office, and the nurse called me back, and she said, I am so sorry, that's not good. There could be a tumor growing somewhere. Sherry's doctor recommended she go to a non-Theranos lab for a second test. It was about a week later, I got the call from my doctor and he said, congratulations, your estrogen is basically non-existent. No one from Theranos ever called me to apologize. That's the least you can do when you mess up so badly. Not okay. Holmes did express remorse at her November 2022 sentencing, telling the court, I have felt deep pain for what people went through because I failed them. To each of them, I am so, so sorry. I gave everything I had to save the company. That was after she took the stand at her own trial. I think the fact that Elizabeth Holmes wanted to speak on her own behalf at her trial really was a page out of her own book. And I think on some level, she probably thought she would be able to effectively convince a jury that she was not guilty of the crimes that she was accused of. Holmes has since ditched her signature black turtleneck. She just had her second child with hotel heir Billy Evans, who she has been with since 2019. Her lawyers are appealing her conviction and hoping to keep her out of prison while that process plays out. I mean, if we don't hold people accountable for their lies and their fraud, all that's gonna happen is somebody else is gonna look and say, I can do that, but I can do it better, period.
Richard Ostoff will never know if that GoFundMe money he says George Santos promised him could have saved his beloved Sapphire. She died three months after the money failed to materialize. I didn't mean anything to him, but that dog meant everything to me. He's soulless. Richard has now adopted two new dogs, Ruby and Diamond. For now, Santos still walks the halls of Congress. He's already voted about 100 times on the House floor. New York free, Santos free! New York free, Santos free! Angering some of his constituents. It's a question of credibility. Who's going to believe him? Who's going to trust him? Who's going to be comfortable working with him? He's agreed to step back from his committee assignment. Nobody tells me to do anything. I made a decision on my own that I thought best represented in the interest of the world. And is now under investigation by the Bipartisan Health Ethics Committee, a subcommittee now established specifically to determine if Santos violated any laws or regulations, including whether he engaged in sexual misconduct towards an individual seeking employment in his congressional office. His campaign spending also under scrutiny from the Federal Elections Commission and the DOJ. Congressman, did you misuse campaign finances? Please clear the way. Blocking entrance. Please clear the way. Media soon. Wait, what is soon? On my time. When is your time? You're upsetting the people of New York. The New York Attorney General, Nassau County New York District Attorney, and Queens District Attorney are all looking into whether Santos committed any crimes. I'm going to keep doing interviews and I'm going to keep making myself heard until he's held accountable. What does justice look like? Whatever is prescribed by law, he needs help. If sitting in a cell or sitting in a, in a, in a hospital room for a couple of years doesn't help him, I don't know what will. Do you want an apology? He'll never apologize. If he does, it'll be another lie. If you could look into that camera and send a message to George Santos, what would you say to him directly? Do you even have a soul in your body? How do you do this to people? What is wrong with you, dude? Nobody lies this much. <laughs>